We're back. Hello. Welcome to Tinkle Sports Talk. Um, yeah, we've been pretty active in the last week, haven't we? Uh, if you've checked out our social media pages, um, yeah, we're pretty active over there now on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah, we're trying to put off some snippets of our shows. Yep. Hey, that does not so mean you can take... get a. F- so then you can get a feel. Okay. Hey, this does not mean take the cliff notes and run with it. Okay. This means sit here, watch mm. our whole damn show, and like it. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right. But no, you got the cliff notes of what we said on Instagram and Facebook from two of our big stories this last week. We're gonna hope to continue doing that. Um, this week's a heavy news week, by the way. Um, very mm. heavy news week. Of course, you know the start of the Olympics. Um. We've got, um, but coming up on the show, of course, we've got your NBA news. We got a new champion, which we're going to talk about. Um, we got some big NFL news this week. Um, the NHL expansion draft. We're also going to talk about um, some conference changes coming in college bas or college sports, not just basketball, but sports in general. Um, some MLB news, and of course. We wrap things up with Tinkle on this. That's all coming your way. Let's start with the NBA, though. This was like a curveball out of the park, if I ever saw one. But it, was, it definitely wasn't the team that we were expecting or wanted to win. Well, your NBA champions are the Milwaukee Bucks. First time in 50 years that they won a championship. Um, and also, the first time since 2006 that a team that was down two games went on to win the next four. Mm-hmm. And you want to know those two teams? The Dallas Mavericks and the Miami Heat. Yep. Classics um, right there. The very big question that I have here, which I'm sure could get answered anyway, are they primed to repeat? Or do you think that there's another super they're gonna team lose. They're out gonna, there that'll take them out? They're going to lose a lot of superstars this offseason. I think they're going to lose quite a bit of help. Um, you know, but I think the Bucks, they're in the East, let's face it. I, I just don't know if I trust any East team to repeat right now because no one's really there. But I will say off topic that I think what Giannis said about the super teams was great because you know what? He showed in that game he doesn't need a super team to win a championship and he defied everything. Now look, I'm not happy right. that Chris Paul lost this because let's face it, mm-hmm. That loss now puts Chris Paul in the same category as John Stockton. Okay. I know. He's, but obviously he's still got time to win rings and who knows? He might go down as the greatest to never win one, but unfortunately for him, he's going to go down as John Stockton right now until he wins a ring. I know. I mean, I think that the Suns can definitely be in the discussion again next year, but with teams like the Lakers that could probably be in the fold again. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what happens with 
Damian Lillard and the Warriors and stuff like that, you don't know who could end up being one of the teams out of the West mm-hmm. or even the East. I want to say the Bucks are the team to beat out of the East until they're beaten. Hey, so I, I do see the always... I do see the Bucks. I do see the Bucks possibly being in the mm-hmm. NBA Finals next year. Um. If I was to make a early, super, super early prediction, I'm saying Lakers and Bucks probably next year. I can see if it. If not Suns and Bucks again. Can um Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, can I also point out that Kobe called it? Okay. Yeah, not sure if you saw did. that. Kobe Bryant I did said see that. years ago he's like he's gonna be an MVP someday. Giannis wins an MVP. Then he calls um, NBA Finals and an NBA champion in the future called it. Okay. Rest in peace, Kobe, but man, you nailed this one on the head. And I'm going to tell you another thing. What those analysts have said about uh, Giannis being the uh, Giannis being modern day um, uh, Scottie Pippen. They were so wrong. They were so beyond wrong because he flat out carried his team through this championship. Okay. So to those who are saying that he is Scottie Pippen. How you feeling now? Yep. In other words, zip your lips <laughs> at that. No, what I was gonna say about the whole like super team comment, it just shows that like if you're patient and loyal enough to a certain team, good things usually typically happen. And that's exactly what Giannis did. He stayed loyal to the mm-hmm. Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are like, all right, let's give you a contract extension. Yeah. So he got that contract extension. He, he He's there for, say, four or five more years. Um, what else? He got a great supporting cast around him. Um, Bobby Portis actually was one of the ones that came right out and told Giannis and the Bucks, "Hey, I'm available. Come and get me. I can help you guys win a championship." What did he do? They went after Bobby Portis, and look what happened. They won yep. a championship. So I tell you what, if you get the right kind of people around you, I mean, they traded for PJ Tucker halfway through the season. He yeah. he did great things for them. Uh, same thing with Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was a great point guard for them. So now, if you're a player like Luca and you see Giannis being loyal, do you look at that and be like, "Hey, if I if I maybe stay patient and stay with a team, maybe I could end up having the same kind of luck"? Because there was an article I saw. Loyalty, it worked for Giannis, it worked for Dirk, kid, it worked for Luca, And I say, yes, it can. He just has to be patient. But obviously that's the key question. Will he remain patient? Because let's face it, he's taken a few first-round exits. At least Dirk has gotten closer in his younger years. I mean, keep in mind the Miami mm-hmm. Heat uh, 2006 finals matchup. You know, he yeah. got there. Luca hasn't even gotten past the first round yet. Okay, I think if you know, and here's the thing: let's let's not let's not kid ourselves here. Okay, this younger generation mm-hmm. way more impatient than the last generation of NBA players. 
I mean, like yeah. they are not willing to settle for anything, and that's a great. That's great for competitiveness, but it is not great mm-hmm. in terms of loyalty. Right. Um, you know, and of course we'll talk about um, you know, that I'm sure a lot more in the future, but probably. Hey, um, yeah, like I said, no. it's a matter of patience. Yes, yes, there is. Um, interesting name that has been coming into the rounds. I kind of figured this was probably going to happen. Fortunately, though, just with him possibly being on a lot of teams' radars, doesn't look very good for the Raptors, as the Raptors are probably going to rebuild into this offseason. Um, but Kyle Lowry is actually on the radar for many teams. The 35, I think 35 years old, I think he's the same age as DeMar DeRozan. I think him and DeMar DeRozan are both free agents heading into this offseason. But Kyle Lowry, apparently mm. the Pelicans are one of the teams that are on his radar. I'm shocked But when that. you, Yeah, well, I guess I'm not. Apparently Lonzo Ball is supposed to be gone, so they're going to be looking for a point guard. Wonder what deal no. uh, Dad's gonna strike for him? Huh. Probably the Knicks. I think that's where um, his dad, Lamar, a uh, Lavar. I mean Lavar Ball. If everybody knows about him, and when Lonzo was with the Lakers, mm. you know that he's very involved with Lonzo's life. Yeah. Which is weird because he's a lot more further with Lonzo's life than he is with his son, Lamelo. Who's with the Charlotte Hornets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if he doesn't go for the the Pelicans, who do you think is a front runner for Kyle Lowry? I've heard. Who do you think needs a veteran point guard in the NBA right now? See, well, you know, as a Heat fan, I'm going to say the Miami Heat. I mean, Goran is past prime. He's not what he used to be. I mean, and I know they've been linked to a lot of big free agents. They got cap space this offseason, so they can really go after a superstar here. However, I mean, I wouldn't rule out the Spurs taking a run at them. I I think they need a new veteran presence over there. Obviously, Mm -hmm. they need kind of a change of scenery in a way, you know. Um, To be honest, it's kind of hard because I just can't think of any teams off the top of my head that need a point guard, but obviously I could see teams that would reach to get Lowry even though they have a a solid uh, point guard. I don't think a lot of teams like to go after a veteran or take a chance on a veteran. Of course, a team like... Hold on. A team like... You know, the Phoenix Suns took a chance on Chris Paul, mm. and he's a veteran point guard. But, you know, not a lot of teams really want to go after a guy like Kyle Lowry, who, this is as of year, late, ever since that. winning the championship, really hasn't been the same kind mm. of player. So, I don't know. This is <coughs> this is going to be the year for that, by the way, because I believe Chris Paul's a free agent, Russell Westbrook's a free agent, Kyle Lowry's a free agent. Um, yeah, DeMar DeRozan's a free agent, DeMar DeRozan. Too. So there's four quality point guards. So if any team's looking for a point guard, this is your year to do so it. So if there's a time to go after a point guard, it's definitely now. Yeah. 
And who knows? Well, you know, obviously I think Chris Paul will definitely sit on it and think about what he wants to do next. I'm hoping it's stay in Phoenix and keep building toward um, what they built toward this year. Because I think, you know, what he's done in his time there, he's proven that he's he can put this team in a position to win a championship. I mean, I would hate to see him leave and that team lose all that progress because, again, they've deserved to be there so many times. They've deserved to win a championship. Um, it never got done with Steve Nash, and it I would know. be nice to see it happen, even if it is with Chris Paul. It just sucks that even the two times that they have gone to the finals, they don't have a really good track record. <clears throat> They're 0-2 mm-hmm. in the finals. Of course, you know, you got a guy like Michael Jordan and you have a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo that plagued them both yeah. times. It just sucks that there's always been two great players in the East that have plagued them from winning championships. I, I'm saying that their time is going to come. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul... Like we've been saying, I think this is this is going to be our motto for this episode. Patience. Yeah, exactly. I know you want to win a ring. And I know the best years of your career are way past you now. Like, you don't really have many years forward because you're up yeah. there. But you got you to gotta stay patient and you got to stay hungry. And I think I would love to see them fight and compete and they know what they had to do to fight to get to the finals just you gotta do what you did this year yes I know a team like the Lakers a team like the Clippers if they keep Kawhi and Paul George together he's a free agent too are gonna gonna be be in the yeah I know and we've we've talked about that I'm not gonna go too dark into that but we, we know what the Suns have to do we know what you know a lot of teams are going to have to do. But like like we said, now the trend is going to be like I would say yes, the Thunder have Kemba Walker, but like a team like the Thunder could go after a guy like Kyle Lowry. Like there's yeah. a bunch of other teams that could use them. Like maybe the Cavaliers could use a veteran point guard. I mean, they have a lot of young talent on that team. Kevin Love is I think the only veteran to my knowledge that's yeah. still on that team. Um there's a lot of other teams that weren't really that good that could use a veteran presence. Yeah. So I think this is the year to take that challenge. Um, this is the year that could as far change as that, the landscape of the NBA. We've had a lot of... I was about to say, we've had a lot of talk about this one, Brian, but hmm. something that you're not so proud about is making a return for next season. Can you tell my reaction already? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it doesn't look very promising at all. <laughs> yeah, I just got <laughs> stupid, no words. The, I know the stupid playing tournament is back, everybody, which basically means the ninth and tenth seeds of both conferences, depending on yeah. who it is. The teams that don't very well fight very hard during the season will still get a chance to make it into the playoffs. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. This is a joke. You know, it's... You know, there's a reason that the first four works in NCAA. 
because mm-hmm. there are teams in the lower conferences, there are teams that are in the bigger conferences that should be considered for the tournament that may not have been good enough to make the field of 64. Okay. There's a reason, though, why NBA teams aren't in the 7th or 8th slot. Okay. Right. There's a big difference there. Okay. You play each team at minimum twice a year. Okay. And I assume we're going back to the 82-game schedule next year. I'm pretty sure we are, yes. So, again, with the 82-game schedule... You're playing each team twice. Okay, in college basketball, there's 310-something teams. You're not playing every single team once. Okay, you're playing maybe 14 out-of-division games or out-of-conference games, and then the rest are in-conference. Okay, that's a tough way to gauge if you deserve to be in the field of 64. The NBA, if you can't make the playoffs as a 7 or 8 seed then after playing each team at minimum twice, then you don't deserve to be there. I'm sorry, this is a participation trophy at its finest. And, you know, I think it's a joke. I, You know, it seems like they're more going for the entertainment factor than they are for the teams that actually deserve to be there. And again, I, I go back to what I said a few months ago here where I said that whoever's in the East, if you're the ninth or the 10th seed, you got bigger problems than making the playoffs. So I'm going to reiterate that here, but obviously that's my thoughts on that. Uh, and I, I don't mind. I think, uh, I guess a lot of teams deserve it. Like, you know, but like if you, mm-hmm. Do like I don't know, like a half, uh, half-ass job of basically getting into the ninth and tenth spot. Say like, I don't know, you you have more losses than wins, and then you're somehow the ninth or tenth seed. Yeah, I don't think you should even get any sort of right to get into the NBA playoffs. Hmm. You should be missing the playoffs, and then decide, oh, what do we have to yeah. do to get into, you know, one through eight next year, hmm. not. Okay, let's get into like the ninth or yeah. tenth spot, and then go from there. Mm-hmm. No, that's just that's just not right. And then but, and then also mm-hmm. it's it's just not fair to the other teams yeah. that have fought very hard all season to get yeah. a playoff spot because then they're they're working harder to be the the you know yeah eight through one, and then you become the ninth and tenth spot. Mm-hmm. What say if those teams that are ninth and tenth kick off, kick out the seventh and eighth seeds, the teams that fought even harder to get those spots, now they're like, oh, well, now we're missing playoffs, and now yeah. we're out to a team that didn't even do that well during the season, and that's just not fair, I don't think, at all. Yeah, but that's again where I say, you play each team twice, at minimum, mm-hmm. compared right. to college basketball, where the first four makes 100% sense for these smaller teams that don't really get the exposure, that don't really get to play big teams, but have somehow earned their way there. Okay. I don't know. I just, I have a big problem with it. But I will say there is, if I'm going to take one positive from this, 
and there is one positive, is that it kind of, in a way, eliminates tanking. Because, let's face it, if you're 12 mm-hmm. or 13 and you're still within reach of 10th or 9th, you're not going to be like mid-season right at the trade deadline. We got a tank. We're done. You're going to be like, I still have a chance at the 10 spot. You know, what do we go yeah, for here? If you think about it, it does bode well for the teams that are not doing so well to fight harder for those spots. Yeah. I will say that, but for the teams that already are part yeah. of the playoff you know, teams, that's just not fair that's to them it. because they fought harder. Now, for the teams that are not mm-hmm. currently in there from like 9th through 13th or 14th or whatever, how many is in each conference, yeah. then that's like, okay, you know, now there's yeah. a little bit more that you have to do. I think it's actually 15 seeds for each conference because there's 30 teams in the yeah. NBA. But um, I guess it means that, yes, they had to fight harder to get into that window to be able to fight for the play-in tournament. So I guess yeah. that motivates them. But it just means, like, okay, you can motivate them to get into that spot. But then what does it mean for the other eight teams that are already in there? Do they just not fight as hard? Like, do they just, like, okay, we're already in there, so we don't have to do as much. Like, yeah. I think that should motivate them even more. Yeah. They're like, okay, because if you're 6 through 1, you yeah. don't have to worry about the plan. If you're 7 through 10, then you have to. So yeah. I guess it should motivate teams more to get into the 6 through the yeah. 1 spots. But, so I, I, I'm, I, I do say... It'll motivate teams a lot more, yeah. but I just don't think it should be even in play at all. Yeah, exactly. But again, um, it has its po- it has a few positives, but again, you know, there's just so much negative I think that can be taken from this, and yeah, you know, that's my issue with it. At the end of the day, and again, but I, it, right when I said tanking as well, I just realized again, look. We also have the NBA draft lottery to eliminate tanking. Okay, it's not like baseball right. or football where we don't have okay, baseball and football don't have a lottery, okay? You can't you can't really tank to get the number 1 pick because obviously if it's if it's blatant and obvious that you're tanking, they're probably not going to give you the first pick in the draft. Okay. I think that's a fair assumption. Because they're going to be like, well, you really didn't even try all year. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> happened before. There are teams that tanked and lost like 27 straight that didn't even get the number one pick out of it. So, all right. again, you're battling for the basement. And it's not necessarily the basement. Um, but, I don't know. Again, I just don't think this is a great idea. Um this is a great show for bad ideas. Not not based on what we're doing. Can I move forward here with this next story now? Yeah, go All right, right ahead. Let's, let's do it. All right. So NFL has announced that all teams, um, to all teams, that if players are not vaccinated and they catch covid and it causes an outbreak Mm -hmm. that they will not be rescheduling games instead it will go down as a forfeit of the game 
And, of course, it's got players like DeAndre Hopkins, Cole Beasley, all wound up. Yeah. Um, I believe uh, Hopkins announced he would retire, possibly, if <laughs> that role stands. Uh, Derek Anderson, the former NFL quarterback, came out and said, if I had to play under these rules, I would have retired early. Um, you know, we know that... Let's face it, we're not going to talk about why the vaccine is good or not because we're not here for the political side. If you choose to get the vaccine, that's your choice. Obviously, we chose to do it. But you guys might not want to or may not feel that you need it or maybe can't get it for medical reasons, and that's your choice. Mm -hmm. But I guess is the NFL in the right or wrong by making this the rule? Now, I know that they are going to say if a team cannot reschedule within, like, the 18-week um, process. So, like, say yeah. if they had to reschedule, like, a Sunday game to, like, a Tuesday and, and can't because, you know, there's so many people that are catching it or they haven't, you know, decided to, like, quarantine the player ahead of time. Or there's more people, then they have to forfeit. Um, it's tough to say if they're in the right or wrong. I think it's might be say a right thing to do if there is a COVID outbreak to, you know, say, well, you got way too many players that are dealing with it. You yeah. kind of have to forfeit, so then nobody else can catch it. That might be right. The wrong thing might be well. You're basically telling these players, well, because of you not getting fully vaccinated, it's going to really cost the team. That kind of seems hmm. a little wrong itself. It's definitely, you know, player's choice. Hmm. All I can suggest is maybe the, the fully vaccinated uh, or the unfa- or maybe all players should just still have to wear masks regardless of they're fully vaccinated or not. So then they can just make sure that there isn't really an outbreak. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I um, mean... It, it's it's tough to tell what's going to happen. Um, see, when you... But I, I want to say they're probably in the right to have teams forfeit. And if that rolling was happening last year, I hate to say it, the Bills would have won 14 games, not 13. If all of us remember what happened with the Tennessee Titans and Bills game mm-hmm. that happened last year. But let's face it. Yeah, you're you're probably right, but let's let's face reality here. Um the NFL did a great job of getting all two hundred and I believe fifty eight games in. Yeah, I think okay, it's something like that. But they did a great like job. That. Um NFL fans still watch midweek games. Look NFL fans are probably the most loyal fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mentioned on Out of Turn 4, racing fans are most loyal to sponsors. Um, they're more likely to shop at a sponsor because it sponsors their favorite driver or most likely to enjoy the product. Now, I know I'm getting off topic here, but NFL fans will watch an NFL game if it's on midweek. Okay. Right. And if anything, it worked out for everybody but NFL Sunday Ticket. It worked out for everybody but DirecTV, if we look at it. I mean, because 
the rescheduled games that were out-of-market games ended up being on the main network and on national television. Yeah. Okay? So, to me, it sounds like, I don't want to say DirecTV had a hand in it, but I'm wondering if they did, maybe. And I think, again, um, we go back to it. The NFL is somewhat in the right. They are somewhat in the right. But when you cross over into HIPAA and medical, you can't tell players, you know, this is kind of a passive-aggressive way of giving them an ultimatum, basically. Yeah. It seems very passive-aggressive, okay? It does. Um that that's where i think they're in the wrong mm-hmm. um you know i could sit here and say because i'm vaccinated i could sit here and say everybody that's not vaccinated is selfish at this point okay you made the choice that was the best decision for you whether we agree or don't agree um right. that's what these players are doing and you know i I think that's wrong also, but not only is it wrong to give players a passive-aggressive message to get vaccinated, it's even more wrong to basically make teams forfeit and not to mention put that pressure on the players because now everyone in the locker room who's vaccinated, let's face it, if we were in a locker room, if we were in the Buffalo Bills locker room playing for the Bills, and you are the mm. reason for the outbreak because you are unvaccinated. Everyone's going to look at you different. They're going to be like, this is your fault. You're selfish. And this is the kind of thing that can... I, I, I don't think it could fully divide a locker room, but it could definitely contribute mm. to a divided locker room. And this is where teams... Oh, yeah, I agree. This is some. This is just an added test to teams, and I just don't think that that's right to do. And that's where I say, well, they're, you know, I've thrown out three things. They're about thirty-three percent in the right and about sixty-six percent in the wrong. If we just went on the three things I just discussed. Yeah. Um. But again, you gotta imagine that Directv had a say in this. Oh yeah, more so, more so than not probably. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say this as my final topic. If we want to talk about anybody that's kind of in the wrong, how about the Minnesota Vikings that just uh, fired their one coach there, Mike Dennison, for not being fully vaccinated? They just literally. You should be able to sue the done. team for that. I agree. That's this. That's Look, that's wrong. For, that's a HIPAA, for a team to do. That's a HIPAA violation right there, I believe. I don't think. I hope this is not going to be a start of things. I hope teams are not going to start releasing players or coaches because they were oh, told not to. Well, Keep in mind, when I think the NFL had to backtrack it a few weeks ago when they said player or no, um, it was Brandon Bean's comments about. I would release a player just to have the vaccination numbers to use the uh, equipment in the training rooms full-time. And mm-hmm. I believe the NFL came out and said you can't do that. So I bet you that the Vikings are going to get some sort of fine out of this because that's just not right. And I, I honestly hope they do. But moving forward from that, topic yeah, um kind of impromptu Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers is in our uh 
in our discussion and our um, he's been in everyone's discussion again. for the last few months <laughs> whether whether he's the <laughs> so, jeopardy host or whether he's the angry football player ranting about the green bay packers <laughs> he's just been that guy <laughs> i know i don't know what is going on with rogers in the situation but he just declined a contract extension to make him the highest paid quarterback oh man i I don't know what the hell that means for his future i i don't know what what do you think what do you think this means for his future in football i I think if not for the green bay packers i think we're looking a little too deep into this let's put i think everybody's looking a little too deep and i think definitely and i'm not saying you are but i'm i'm saying that the people in the media are sounding the alarm way too hard on this one because I think he wants to see if they're going to win something before he decides to take that extension. Not to mention, I think he's trying not to because look at what Tom Brady has done to win championships. He's never, ever been anywhere close to being the top paid NFL player. Okay? Mm-hmm. And even if he was, he took pay cuts to make sure that his he had a team around him. Okay? We don't see that with Patrick Mahomes. He's probably going to lose players in a few years. Okay, he's going to lose key weapons if he doesn't start taking pay cuts. And I mean not like a few million here and there. I mean like a massive pay cut. I mean, he already lost Sammy Watkins. Yeah, he lost Sammy Watkins. Okay, but look at Tom Brady. This is why, you know, you can't get mad at this kind of super team because they all took pay cuts to help each other out, okay? I I, I don't care what we say about super teams, but in the NFL, if you do that, you're a good team player, in my opinion. Okay, if you're in the NBA, it's kind of different because, I mean, the NBA is a smaller roster. You have a super team, you're going to run away with things. The NFL, if you have a super team, you have 53 guys and anyone could get hurt at any given moment right? and change the trajectory of everything. You know, Especially with a higher impact sport. Yeah, exactly. But there's so much that could change the trajectory of everything. I, I think, mm-hmm. I, I just wonder with Rodgers, is it because he doesn't want to sign a contract that'll basically eliminate him getting any help? Or is it that he's more in the wait-and-see process right now? I think he's more in the wait-and-see process, especially Hmm. since, I don't know if you just heard what happened with Devontae Adams, but his long-term contract talks have gone in wayside. Mm -hmm. Things for the Packers do not look very promising, very good. So it would not shock me if Rodgers and Devontae Adams see their way out of the Green Bay Packers and they just have to start... Basically, yeah. all over again. If Devontae which, Adams does, Rodgers will follow. That's my. Oh, I definitely think so. But probably not to the same team because I know Adams wants to go to the Raiders. But mm-hmm. who knows? I yeah. mean, I guess we'll just have to wait but, and see for this. But we can put the final nail in the coffin on the uh, Aaron Rodgers trade. It's not going to happen. Basically, no. I, you know. If a trade happened while we're on break or, you know, within the next few weeks or by week nine when the trade deadline is, I would be completely and utterly shocked because I just don't see it happening. 
Um, even Peyton Manning, on a side note, he's come out and said, it's not going to happen. I don't think he's going to Denver like he wants to. So I, I think we can put an end to those trade discussions. Now, in a few years, he might get signed somewhere else. That's a possibility, mm-hmm. unless the Packers really want to toy with him and tag him, which they could very well do. I, I think that that's probably a possibility. But, uh, I mean, if you tag him as a 38 or 39-year-old quarterback, if you tag him, I'm sorry, that is the most pettiest thing you could do to a guy who's given it who's given it his all to the franchise. And frankly, if I was Rodgers, I'd be very upset. And also um, a player that won you guys a championship back in 2011, yeah. too. Not to mention has also broken some records. He's won a lot of MVPs. Um, but you can't do that to a man who's devoted his life to your franchise, basically. Even when things were rough. But, I don't know. Um, but with that, let's move on to the NHL side of things. Um, yes, we got NHL offseason news. So... Of course, on Wednesday was the NHL expansion draft. Teams got to protect nine players. There were a lot of big names on the board. Not many were taken. Of course, the one we knew was going to be taken was Yanni Gord of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was claimed by Seattle. He is the new Kraken player. Um, The Fleury brothers, one from Montreal, one from Anaheim, they are now... Seattle Krakens. Um, what's their nickname? Are we going to go with Crackheads as their nickname? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes. I had I had to get that joke out. They're the Crackheads. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Terrible joke. Don't do crack. Um, but um, Ben Bishop, the former Tampa Bay goalie, he was on the list of players that could be claimed, as well as Montreal's uh, Carey Price, and the Washington Capitals, uh, Alexander Ovechkin, none of them were claimed. Um, this is just shocking, honestly. I know Ovechkin's not been that good in recent years, but come on. like That's a big name. That's a big uh, person you could have in the locker room. He could have revitalized his career with a new franchise, yeah. too. And he could have been that leader. They did get someone good, though, from Ottawa, so I can't complain too much. Right. I don't know. I'd have to give them about a C. I'd have to give them a B minus, I think, on that draft. I think they did okay. They got quite a few young goalies. Um, it's, you know, again, there's just two or three picks that kind of left me scratching my head. I mean,. Obviously, Ben Bishop's not the goalie he used to be. Um, you know, but Carey Price, I mean, that was the biggest one. I'm shocked they didn't try to take him because Carey Price is the kind of guy you should be taking. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, what are your thoughts on the rest of this? I know you probably didn't watch it, but... <laughs> no. Um... I think if you go, if if the best available players are up there for the draft itself, you should try to go after them. I mean, I know you want to, you know, 
have veterans and also young players to build around for the future. Mm. But if you're a team that's just coming into their first year because of the expansion itself, I think you try to go as much with, you know, the greater players as you can. I mean, look at what the Golden, the, the Vegas Golden Knights did. They, yeah. they loaded up very much and got into yeah. um, Vegas the Stanley Cup Finals. Draft. How come the Seattle Kraken didn't really nail the draft as well as they probably could have? Did they just want to build more for the future, or did they want to mm-hmm. be like, well, you know, we went with whoever we thought was going to be good, so then if we do want to, you know, don't have the team to be able to win now, mm-hmm. At least we have the team to fight for, you know, to move on for the future, which I, I, isn't a bad idea for a team that just came into existence. I think they built more for uh, long term than they did, or I think they built more for foundation than they did to win now. Where I think yeah. Las Vegas went more win now than foundation. Um, obviously, Andre Fleury was the big foundation piece, but keep in mind. Marc-Andre Fleury back then, in a way, was like Carey Price. He was the top goalie that wasn't on the untouchable list. This is what, you know, to me, I'm sorry. If I'm in that draft room, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, that's a dead giveaway, okay? Carey Price has (laughs) to come here. So, I I don't know. I I just shake my head. They could have had all three of those players. But... (laughs) Again, this is just an armchair analyst speaking, so my my opinion doesn't <laughs> matter that much in the eyes nope. of an NHL GM. <laughs> Nor does Jason's, but hey, that's no. Unless you're actually there and I'm yeah. hired by the team, then that's when your decision matters. Okay. But us just being at home analysts on yeah. a podcast are but... are. Only word of mouth matters, yeah. not whatever we think is right matters. Yeah. So, but hey, um, but here's the bright side: even if they manage to finish last, I don't think they will. But even say they do, trust me, the Sabers are gonna be like, "Hold my beer while we finish in last." Come on, <laughs> we know it's gonna be the Sabers. Right. Okay, sorry, Sabers, <laughs> but. Um, with that, let's take our first break, uh, or anchor break rather. When we come back, we'll talk Texas, or um, we'll talk uh, SEC's uh, latest additions, possibly latest additions. Um, we'll talk some of the MLB news, and then of course we'll have Tinkle on this. That's all coming your way in just about a minute when we return from the anchor break. Welcome back. Here we go. Let's get right into things. Um, So, big news, big news. Of course, ESPN reported a rumor last week, or in the last week, that uh, Texas and Oklahoma have reached out to the SEC about joining the conference and leaving the Big 12. Well, guess what? The rumor is true. Um, It is likely that in the next few weeks, Texas and Oklahoma will have to join the SEC um, and now keep this in mind, by the way, before I finish this. So, of course, it's going to cost Texas and Oklahoma $72 million to leave. 
Now, of course, they'll make it up in the SEC, but um, it's because the media rights deals with the Big 12 as to why they'll have to buy their way out. And, of course, that's because their contract ends in 2025. So, oh. um, <laughs> oops. Yeah. Um, so then also the ACC athletic director had announced shortly after that he actually tried to recruit Texas and Oklahoma for when their contracts expire um, to mm. create a 32-team mm. conference that's essentially a super team or super conference. Um, this may go down as the downfall of the Big 12, but Jason, what are your thoughts here? It's insane that they want to break the contract so soon and then have to all that money but it doesn't isn't Alabama in the SEC yeah they are does not look very well for them going forward having to deal with teams like Texas and Oklahoma Oklahoma's Oklahoma who are usually okay once now Texas on the other hand definitely not but Oklahoma oh yeah <laughs> Oklahoma will be a fringe top 25 or oh not Oklahoma uh, Texas will be that fringe top 25 team like they always are. And then you'll have uh, Texas that's the, uh, or you'll have Oklahoma that's just the team that's always up top in the conference or battling for the top. Um, but also interesting in this, there's been no discussions with Texas A&M about returning to the SEC. Um, they may be the odd team out to make room for these two. Hmm. And maybe they can leave the SEC to go to the Big Twelve. Hey, they'll go back. I mean, that's a possibility. Um, you know, if this happens, though, that means Baylor is the only real like, other than West Virginia. Baylor and West Virginia are going to be legitimately the only two good Big Twelve teams, if I'm not mistaken. And I'll double check it. But again, so Big 12, of course, you know, let's let's eliminate the Oklahoma Sooners, Oklahoma Sooners, of course. So now you've got Baylor in there. They're always a top team. You got the Kansas mm-hmm. Jayhawks in basketball. That's that's a good team. So the basketball conference won't necessarily take a huge hit. But definitely football will. Yeah, Texas Tech has been that um, up-and-coming team lately. West Virginia is mm-hmm. obviously still in the folds. But outside of that, you get rid of Oklahoma and Texas, there's still like three, two, three teams that still are uh, fringe members. I just, I don't know. This to me looks like it will be, and I, I, I put it in the Discord, mark my words, if this deal goes through... It will be the downfall of the Big 12, not as a conference, but as a Power 5 conference. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the SEC doesn't need more help. Um, but yeah, so, um, the other interesting thing here is that um, the ACC announced this week, too, 
They want Notre Dame fully in the ACC. However, keep in mind, Notre Dame has been an independent for years. So they have a TV contract. They have an exclusive TV rights contract with NBC Sports. I'd assume, and this is for football, by the way, I would assume if they take the ACC deal, NBC will no longer be the home of Notre Dame football. Yeah, most likely. So, either that, or is it possible that NBC could take the ACC network away? I mean, that's obviously a long way from happening, but... That's that's a that's a good question. That's... I guess we would have to wait and see. We would have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, that, I'm going to look up would be the a very. That would be a very interesting... Uh, Dang it. Yeah. Uh, so. It would be, I guess, cool to see Notre Dame join an actual conference. Mm-hmm. They're usually good um, football-wise every year. So it would be cool to see them in an actual power conference. But I mean, it's totally up to them if they want to or not. See, they don't they... absolutely have to. They can still be that independent uh, team that... See, it would be great. From the standpoint of it, from the standpoint of they will be the biggest threat to Clemson year after year. They will be a mm-hmm. thorn in Clemson's backside over the next few years, and it showed last season when they were a temporary member of the ACC just for scheduling purposes. Because last season it was all conference only games. Okay. It would be good for that standpoint, but you can't take away... What's great about the independence for Notre Dame is look at all the rivals they have. Okay, I mean, Navy-Notre Dame is a big one every year. Um, you know, I just wonder what would happen to that because it's kind of it's kind of like Syracuse leaving the Big East where Syracuse Mm. had the rivals of West Virginia in football, um, Georgetown in basketball. Georgetown was probably their biggest rivalry in any sport. I I think it just takes away, and I wish these teams didn't do that, and I sure hope that uh, Notre Dame puts an end to that discussion. Because, again, the powerful don't need to become more powerful. (laughs) <laughs> that's true okay. but as far as Texas and Oklahoma being recruited by the ACC this makes absolutely zero sense okay they are both well outside of the Atl- uh, well outside of the Atlantic coast keep in mind they're mid you know they're midwest teams essentially and southern teams I mean, the SEC makes sense, but not really. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. if You know, this just becomes so screwy, but it's a shame because the Big 12 will now become a non-Power 5. It's going to be a Power 4 if this deal goes through. Yeah. So, but let's move forward here. Um, 
big news out of Minnesota is that Nelson Cruz, this, keep in mind, this deal was put together Thursday. Nelson Cruz will be dealt to the Tampa Bay Rays in exchange for prospects. Um, keep in mind, I believe the Minnesota Twins are in the basement of the division. So I guess that leads to the question, um, are they conceding too early in the season? Because, again, they're 17 and a half games out of first. Yeah, it seems like they are. It seems like they're kind of giving up. Um, kind of seems like they want to rebuild, maybe. And they're just kind of throwing away the season. So then they could probably see how low they can go to get um, the best draft picks. Heading into next season so i don't know you're never gonna beat the orioles you're never gonna beat the pirates and you're never gonna beat the diamondbacks in the tanking game okay they are the kings (laughs) they are the kings of the uh the uh tanking game i don't know see this was just a throwaway i know nelson cruz is in his 40s he's Probably a year or two away from retirement anyway. I guess it's mm-hmm. good to see him go to a contender because now he has a chance at winning a um, World Series. Right. Which is great. He does deserve one. He absolutely does. But 41-56, you are 17 games out. I look at the rest of the wild cards. You could have probably... Uh, I mean, I don't want to say they could have still vied for a wild card, but I think it was too close to call. I don't think it was too early to tank but or to concede, but, you know, looking at all the injuries they've had this year, it was probably in the best interest. So um, they gave them the Jim Tomey treatment. If you remember, um, the Twins had Jim Tomey, and they tossed him away in his last season because they wanted him to go out and win a ring. So, it seems like they're not willing to keep a player past like the last year of their deal, or past mm. like if they're like well past their plot prime, mm. they don't seem to keep them and be able to build around what they already yeah. have. So, yeah, well, what's going to be interesting now is what's going to happen to Byron Buxton, and what's going to happen to Josh Donaldson. Keep in mind. We are, we're recording on Friday. We are exactly a week away from the trade deadline and finding out who else is going to move. Um, I know Berrios is linked to some trades. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I just, again, I, I think there's a lot to consider here. Um... Here's one thing, I don't know if you saw this, Jason, but this is nuts. I actually almost put this as Tinkle on this, but then I watched it, and instead of Tinkle on this, this was more of a WTF moment. Um, Mets versus Pirates. The ball was swung at. It bounced off a Mets le- off a Pirate player's leg, and it was a line drive. Very, very short line drive. Didn't even make it to third base. Like, it made it maybe a third of the way there. 
one camera angle shows it was foul. Um, umpires ruled it fair, and immediately the managers came out and argued. The players were arguing. The manager got suspended for two games for the Mets. Um, you know, I got to ask you that. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's got to be fair or foul here. It should have been foul. If it hits off of um, the player's, you said the player's leg? It bounced off his leg, and then it, now keep in mind, if it goes into the foul, like, so you know the line uh, from first, from home yeah. to third and home to first? If it goes, yeah, I know what you're talking about. If it goes on the left side of that line, it's foul. Before, even if if it does that before first base, if it's rolling and it does that before first or third base, that's foul. Okay. And I'm sorry, but that angle for me, it was a foul ball. Okay. So. I, I don't know. I think it was unjustified that the Mets manager got a suspension. Um, I just don't know what else to say. It kind of just was a giveaway for the Mets in the game and the series nonetheless. The series was tied entering that game. Right. That shouldn't have happened. You know, here's the thing. And it might be off topic. It might not be, but Officiating should not dictate the game. Okay? Officiating should never dictate the game. Let the game dictate the game. Let the officiating contribute. Obviously, officiate where it's possible, but don't let the officiating overbear what this game could or could not be. Mm -hmm. And... I think by ejecting the Mets manager, by ejecting any player that was involved in this, you took that option away. So, again, um, that's one thing that uh, I'm not by any means an official. Obviously, we've officiated basketball games before, (laughs) and we all know how that one went. Yeah, I don't like to discuss (laughs) it. Let's not discuss that, but... um, We've also been a part of games. We've played games where the officiating was dictating the result. Mm-hmm. This case is... Here's the thing. Runs are hard to come by this year because it is a pitcher's year. Right. You allow two runs because you are... Now, here's the thing. The Mets should have played it out. On the contrary. The Mets should have played it out and argued after the play was done. So, two wrongs didn't make a right here. At the end of the day. Um, no, not, not usually. Yeah, now... I mean, I guess depending if I saw the camera angle and then I saw yeah. where the ball was, I probably would have made my decision right then and there. But, from what I'm hearing, it definitely should have been a foul, not fair. Um... If anything, it should have been a walk, not a freaking run. It should have been a walk to a base, especially if it hits okay. off of a player's leg. By the so, way, correction, it was three runs that scored. Now keep in mind, three runs is a game changer. It's a game changer. I'm sending you the video, by the way. So if you got your phone there, you can see it. 
might want to turn the volume down so you don't get copyrighted but you can see how it to me I would find it as a foul ball um, but again I you know as much as I want to say the referees screwed the Mets the Mets also screwed themselves because regardless if it's a if it's an active play you don't stop and argue okay you just don't stop and argue. Play it out, then discuss the issue. You know, that's that's my only concern there. Um, you know, as Jason's watching that clip, but again, that's the reason why I didn't put it as Tinkle on this. It very well could have been Tinkle on this this week and should have been, but when... It's oh, yeah, kind of a what-the-fuck moment. That definitely should have been foul. I, I, I saw the ball was literally on the left-hand side of the foul line, so yeah. it really should have been foul. Exactly. And here's the thing. like, it, You don't get a better camera angle than that. It was literally directed right at the line. You don't get much better than that. And honestly, I think you're right. They probably should have waited until after the play already happened. To see, like, to be the manager, but, like, I want a replay. I want I want a replay yeah. of that. You know, you guys should have to check that. Do an instant replay of that, because that was definitely yeah. not. That shouldn't have been a three-run score. You should exactly. take those three, point, those three runs off, and you yeah. should replay it. And then, you know, uh, that could have made a whole big difference in the yeah. game itself, too. But since you did it right when the freaking play was yeah. happening, but I again, think you deserve to get tossed. But again... Again, say it. again, the Mets screwed themselves on this deal because they let that play get the best of them. Instead of finishing the play by getting those outs, they sat there and argued while the ball, while live ball is just sitting there. And okay, letting so runs they, happen, so I know. Again, two wrongs don't make a right there. Um, but let's move forward. Um, the biggest news this week of course, we know that certain teams are undergoing name changes right now. Um, Washington, uh, the Washington football team, the Cleveland baseball club right now. Um, I'm not going to say the Well, the Cleveland Indians, I'll say it. Because of their uh, dis, um, kind of uh, hurtful namesakes toward Native Americans... Um, they are all undergoing name changes. The football team is going to announce their new name in 2022. Um, mm -hmm. But the Indians have wasted no time. They will be the Cleveland Guardians effective oh, in 2022. Uh, what's your thoughts here? No, I got a good question for you. What's worse, the name of the team or that god-awful logo of theirs? Oh... You're asking a Twins fan. Everything looks awful to me about Cleveland. <laughs> as far as no, baseball goes. That, that logo, oh my gosh. A baseball with the G's with a with a, with a, um, a wing off of it? I don't know if I like that logo. I, I just can't see that on a on a helmet mm. at all. I like can't. You just deserve to get like laughed at for that logo the name i'm okay with the name but as far as the logo you mean to tell uh, me you couldn't have come up with a better logo than that i mean come on now i just got no words for that it is you know i mean the logo you know it's funny i never really looked at the logo 
very closely, but more the name is kind of what's getting me right here. Of all the things you could have named the team, you choose the Guardians. Now, again, we know Washington is going to pick something that is not related to Native American culture. Um, you know, and the Cleveland Indians chose the Guardians. Now, yeah, I just wonder where this came from. I, I you know, this was like a shot no. out of left field. You would think that they could have chosen a name that was like, what can they have called them? The Cleveland Rockers or something like that. You know, yeah, the Rock like, and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland. Yeah, you mean to tell me you couldn't call them the Cleveland Rockers or the Cleveland Rollers or something like that? Yeah, could have been, could have been something better. Yeah, something exactly. that's natural. Like, you got the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Cavaliers, yeah, not the Cleveland Guardians. That makes we, absolutely no sense know, to me. Yeah, it would have been nice to see something tied into that. I mean, but I don't know. Again, there's just so many directions you could have gone, and I just, you know, the Guardians, at that point, you might as well just name the team the Cleveland Baseball Club. Let's be fair. I would have rather seen that. I mean, but I guess they didn't want to follow in the steps of the Washington football team. Now, I just want to know... If they choose a name like that, what is Washington going to choose for a name? I'm just a little worried about that. Well, like I said, they've ruled out Warriors. Um, that, I think, was going to be the big one. I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the coming months. Yeah, but if they uh, were to call Washington Warriors, they could have just kept a W as a logo, though. Yeah, exactly. I... I mean, they still probably could just for Washington as a whole. Um, or it could be their secondary, you know, logo. Yeah, maybe they could do like oh, the Washington no. Senators. That's a possibility, Washington Senators, because they are in D.C. Yeah, but I know. The but Washington. No, actually, like, technically, technically not. They're in Landover, Maryland. Yeah, but still, they're technically a Washington team, so... Yeah, that's true. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens, um, but anyway, let's get on to this tinkle on this, and let's put it this way, <laughs> um, please don't get political, because this had to be brought up, okay? Um, so, Tom Brady and the, um, Tampa Bay Bucks, the Champa Bay Bucks, sorry, we're gonna get copyrighted now, um... They visited the White House this week. Joe Biden invited him. Um, Tom Brady spoke from the podium. And, of course, this is the first visit, by the way. First time Tom Brady has been to the White House in a long time. Since 2005. Yes, yeah, since the Bush administration. Now, of course, I believe it was because his mom was sick or something. There was family issues during that time and other obligations that prevented him from going. It's not because of the president of the United States at the time. We won't talk about the 2019 of why he couldn't be there. I think that was no. A I think it was. More, but we're not going to go. I think it was family issues there. Um, but so Tom Brady, of course, brings his uh, fancy sense of humor. Tom Brady's actually pretty funny. Now that, I mean, you put the hatred aside, Tom Brady's a funny guy. Okay. Um, 
but he he said 40% of the country still doesn't believe we won. Mr. President, you know how that is, right? Of course, I'm referring to the big lie that um, has been going through the internet. I'm not going to comment on it. Um, we move forward. He says, I missed <laughs> one down and they called me Sleepy Tom. Again, a comparison. I think I remember when he missed that one down. Yeah. He thought it was like third down when yeah, it was really fourth. He thought fourth it was fourth. No, like he that. thought it was fourth and it was game over. Oh, yes, yeah. That's what it was. So, <laughs> of course. The Sleepy Tom comment referring to uh, Sleepy Joe, which, of course, uh, pre um, then-President Trump tweeted about Joe Biden not being cognizant. Um, again, not going to mm. comment on that. Um, but nope. here's what I will comment on. Um, and here's what we will talk about. He challenged the White House interns to 11 versus 11 football and said, we would run up the score on you guys. Yeah, um, no crap. You're a professional football player yeah, going up against come on, man. Have come no on, man. Give them a chance. Football. Give them a chance. <laughs> come on. They don't have much else to look forward to other than getting coffee for the president. Let them have a win. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. Come on. You got to throw it a game for them. No, at just at least let it be competitive. Let them get a 28 to 3 lead and then run away with it. Okay. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, come on. Uh, yeah. Sorry, actually, we had to go there. Speaking of speaking of that, nothing's actually worse. I don't know if you saw this, but apparently there was a a college football game mm -hmm. where it was like Oregon and TCU. Yeah. Oregon was up thirty one and nothing. Then TCU took it to three overtimes and actually mm -hmm. beat yeah, the I team they were down game. thirty one nothing. But that was about, circling the internet. I'm sorry. That's just insane. Yeah, that was years ago, but that was circulating the internet too. But, um, yeah, so, of course, again, not going to comment on the political stuff, but I will say, here's the thing. So, of course, before I say what I'm going to say every week, but Tom Brady has a right to be cocky, okay? He has the rings and he has the records to show for it. Yep. Okay, he's got I the rings. And he's got the records to show for it. Peyton Manning has a right to be cocky. Okay, he has two rings. He's broken every record in passing, which is now broken by Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. But still, not to mention, his Hall of Fame vote only took 13 seconds. Which is... Actually, I think got passed by Tom Brady. Yeah, and, that, and him too. But again, it took... It took the uh, voters 13 seconds to put Tom Brady in the hall or uh, Peyton Manning in the hall of fame. Okay. They've earned a right to run their mouths. And I'm going back to last week where I talked about Patrick Mahomes, where he did not, he doesn't have a right to run his mouth right now about anybody or anything regarding football right now. Ooh, cool. You have fancy hardware, but look at you lost to the goat of football. Yeah, so I just thought I'd throw that out there. But again, for that visit to the White House, sorry, tinkle on this White House interns. Tinkle on this um, this week to Joe Biden and everyone, really. Um, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, you know, we just had to go there, right? Yes, yes, we did. Um, 
But anyway, that's and tickle on this Tom Brady. How, how yeah. do you me uh, mess up your downs there, buddy? Yeah. You've been playing football for how many years? Exactly. 21, you said? And, yeah. you, and you mess up that badly? Shame on yeah. you, bud. <laughs> Let me put it this way. Next show, I want to style like uh, Bruce Arians as well. Um, he was styling at the White House. So you want to look and style and be super red? That, uh, that might work. I can just go sit in the sun all day. <laughs> but, um, anyway. No, if you want to talk about anything, I don't know what was better. Him being super red, or a big old giant ring he had on his finger. Exactly. And he's deserved that ring, by the way. He's he's earned that ring. It's been a long time coming. Look who he's coached. He's coached yeah. Peyton Manning. He coached Andrew Luck. Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Carson Palmer. When he was kind of, sort of, in his prime, out of his prime, kind of rejuvenated yeah. his career in Arizona. And then he also coached Tom Brady. Like, come on now. You can't get any better than that, yeah. coaching all those great quarterbacks. Exactly. But with that, um, we got to say thanks for watching. We're running a little over, actually. So, again, a reminder, we have our Fantasy Football League. The draft is now just under a month away. So please join our Discord if you want info or the invite. Um, we still need at least five more teams to get this thing off the ground. So again, if you're listening out there, or you're watching out there, please join the Discord so we can give you the info on all that. We can't guarantee we'll go down lately, but yeah, you can exactly. give us a challenge. Exactly. <laughs> but um, then, of course, um, the other big announcement... Jason, you're going to be joining me on Tuesday for the first time ever. Oh, yeah. So, of course, Out of Turn 4 is normally the Tuesday show here on Tinkle Sports and Entertainment. However, because there's only Formula One the next two weeks, we don't have enough content for a full 30-minute show. And therefore, and also with the Olympics going on, there's so much to cover that we just don't have time to cover here on Tinkle Sports Talk, or it would be a two-hour show. Um, so for that, we have dedicated a new show for the next two weeks. It's going to be all Olympics all the time. It's going to be called Tinkle Olympic Zone. Jason and I, working some overtime together, we'll be here. I wanted, I wanted some company. I was miserable on Tuesdays being alone. So Jason's going to be here. Hey. Um, it'll be Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, much like Out of Turn 4 is. It'll be this upcoming Tuesday, two days from now, and it will be the Tuesday after August 3rd at 5 p.m. Eastern. So you won't want to miss it. Yeah, we'll talk all Olympics. Yeah, rifle well, shooting. maybe not all rifle Olympics, shooting. we'll talk most Olympics. Yeah, rifle shooting. Pew, pew! <laughs> Yeah, I think that's an Olympic sport, well, by the way. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about mm -hmm. running and basketball and gymnastics. soccer. And gymnastics. And Simone Biles. How Simone Biles is literally the best Olympic that we yeah. have. Come on, Simone Biles. Let's see. Um, you know, how about this? Michael Phelps and Tony Hawk are going to be on the uh, Olympic team for NBC. I oh, think they made some good choices. That's awesome. 
Um, you know, Katie Ledecky, I'm sure we'll be talking about. She's probably going to break a ton of world records at the Olympics. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, so I know the, the winter games are usually snowboarding. Does that mean the summer games are usually skateboarding? No, this is the first year skateboarding is going to be a sport. Um, and we'll also have baseball huh. to talk about. By the way, baseball is now an Olympic sport as well. Oh, yes, that's right. Softball so, as well, too. Um, softball as well. I'm excited, honestly. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the opening ceremonies this morning. They were live on NBC. They preempted the Today Show to show it. Right. All I got to say is I'm just ready. I am just mm. waiting and ready to see football becoming an Olympic sport. I think it's going to yeah. be happening in the next so, like future, honestly. Yeah, we're not... We're not a part of the Comcast family, but I'm going to say it. So, of course, if you want to watch the Olympics, check out the NBC family of networks, uh, the main network, NBCSN, USA mm. Network, CNBC, um, Olympic Channel, I believe they said, and um, Peacock. Yeah, it's over on the cock as well. That's the nickname. Listen. Before you start laughing, that's the nickname I heard the last few weeks. So, Oh, um, gosh. So with that, we want to say thanks for watching. We've gone on long enough, I think. So we'll be back on Tuesday on YouTube. Otherwise, we will see you next Sunday for another edition of Tinkle Sports Talk. Till then, guys, goodbye. <laughs>